we love that. That brings joy to us. That back and forth. That just, you know, that's just what we like. So, you want to play that game? We can play that game. It's cool. You know, it's it's all it's all on in between the lines. Like we're we're competing for something huge. Like so, we're not. You know, it's never personal. I don't care who I'm talking to. It's just a person right here, and I'm just gonna say what I feel, and I'm gonna do what I feel too. And that's what they're gonna do. And we appreciate. Like you know, if you you bring it and we we on that, that's cool. But you know, what we look for that's what you saw happen. You saw ain't no running in the hill, man. We climb up the chimney. Yeah, for sure. We ain't ducking no fun, smoke, man. man. We're going to let everybody know we're here. We're going to play hard, trying to get a win. And if you don't like it, oh well. And you might as well bring it, so. You're going to cry what the baby's going to do. I'm done with all that bluffing on the court because them guys do a lot of bluffing, so, you know. I'm from the bluff city, man. We don't do no bluffing, man. Grizz Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the No Bluffing Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Ingram, with my amazing co-host today. We got Miss Nicole. How you doing today? I'm feeling better. How are y'all doing? I'm glad you're feeling better, man. You scared me with the, with the COVID bug, uh, but uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. It's almost at the door, I hope. How you feeling, Luke? I'm great. I'm glad I get to see both y'all's, all our faces. I get to see everybody's lovely faces. It just makes me happy. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. You know, <laughs> Shoot. Like, I like, I like when my, when my face can make somebody happy, you know? You know? <laughs> Nicole likes to do that. She's like, yeah, I'll get just out of here. Just making sure that. my news is right. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Well, um, we had a little fun last week starting off the podcast before we got into the the important stuff uh, talking about you know our music wrap-ups for the year and we were trying to come up with something this week because that was pretty fun to do and luke brought up a good one man and so i'm gonna pass y'all first uh because i don't know mine may be debatable for some people but we'll see but favorite christmas movie the one that you gotta watch no matter what throughout the christmas season what is that? All right. So my favorite is a movie called Jingle All the Way. It's about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he's, he tries to get a, a Turbo Man doll for his little boy while he yeah. is racing against Sinbad, who plays a psychotic mailman. And they try to get this doll. And it's so, so good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, y'all are going to laugh at mine. Man, look, I'm a sucker for good comedy. I love Chevy Chase. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Anything National Lampoon, I adore. So I have to watch that one faithfully. Love Chevy Chase. He is a master <laughs> actor. Y'all got two good ones that I wasn't thinking about. I'm going to be honest. Like, I got to run both of them back. So that's that's good choices. All right. So for me, in the black community, I'll say that. I don't know if it's nationally nationally recognized as a Christmas movie, but I know in the black community, Friday after next, I have to watch around the holiday season. That is I a Christmas to. movie. There's Santa. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could say that, but some you know, some people may not recognize it. But yeah, a, a ghetto Santa trying to steal everybody's gifts. I'm sorry. Count me in. That's the funniest. I ain't gonna cuss today. I'm gonna try to anyway. But uh, yeah, man, that that that's my movie right there. So we might have to throw that on this weekend. But some good choices 
sure we got a we got a uh giveaway that we're gonna talk about later on but we'll, we'll just we'll give y'all a little teaser with that we'll just leave that where it is um but before we get into the topics for the week y'all know what's coming we got the no bluffing news with nicole let's go Alrighty, so before I start this segment, I want to give an honorable mention to Miss Brittany Griner, who was released from Russia this week. Welcome home, Brittany. We missed you. We, we love you. Um, I hope she's doing mentally okay. I know her wife is prepared to help take care of her mentally. And that's, that's one of the parts of marriage. So shout out to her wife for holding down the fort. Um, just happy to have Brittany home. The circumstances sucked, but welcome home, Brittany. We missed you. So, for starters, here we got uh, multiple Hawks are down. Uh, DeJounte Burry will be sidelined for at least two weeks. At least two weeks. Uh, left ankle sprain during the Knicks. And then uh, I want to say Murray. Uh, not Murray. Oh my goodness. Uh, DeAndre Hunter and John Collins are out too. So the Hawks are injury ridden right now. And then this next one is a little doozy. Um, the NBA is pursuing a new implementation of an upper spending limit, proposing a system that will replace luxury tax with a hard limit that teens could not exceed to pay salaries. Now, the reasoning behind this, y'all, I gotta grab my phone for this, because this is a lot, like, this is ridiculous to me. So it says that the NBA and Adam Silver believe that the current system fails to provide a level enough playing field to make more of the 30 teams competitive and contends that the spending disparity of the top teams has made the imbalance ultimately unsustainable. How do we feel about it? I just don't know if it's true. Like, I think that's a way for them to try to recoup any money that they lost during the pandemic or something like that. Because, I mean, we all know contracts and stuff like that, agreements, you can put any type of like language that you want to make it sound like something that is not. But like, that's not y'all concern is the competition. Like, that's beyond it. Golden State, they won last year. I get that. But outside of them i mean you can't say that the reason why milwaukee won is because they spent a lot of money you can't say the lakers won because they spent a lot of money they had a bunch of minimum contracts you know the year before so it just sounded like some bs and a smoke screen to put some other stuff up in there it's just like politics you know we know how they for no reason it just seems weird it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's like why why are you doing it like, I, I don't get it <laughs> right yeah, when the greases get good it came out of nowhere, y'all, but the CBA and the NBA PA are fighting back. Like they're not, they're not Dang down with forward. this. Like they, they don't like it. Um, I, it's just a mess. So we gotta wait and see. They're gonna have a meeting at the end of the month. I think they said between the 23rd and the 27th of December. So mm. we're just gonna have just look to at see the, look at, that. Look at the top of the West right now. The top two teams, small market. Two small market teams with billionaire owners. Yeah. yeah, what are we talking about, man? Throw that out the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of, that's the perfect thing to lead me into my next one. Um, Zion Williamson in his 360 last night against the Suns caused an mm. almost brawl. It, it cleared benches, so expect to be seeing some fines, y'all. How do we feel? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I, I loved it so much. Didn't even say anything. Just slammed it down and just like walked. Just walked. Mm -hmm. I like 
It's like, why, why are you going to mouth off to him about that one when you, there were like 130 other goals before then that you could have set like 130 other baskets scored. You could have said something before then before <laughs> they didn't need to let it get out of hand. That's on them. <laughs> yeah, I'm with. He came out. I think it was after the game. He said it was out of his character, which we know, like Zion. He reminds me a lot of Jared in a way. Like, he's got an excitement to him. He's got a certain ball of energy in him, but he ain't going to hurt a fly, you know, at the end of the day, just a big giant. So he ain't mean no harm, but at the end of the day, like, his reason, like, y'all put us out last year, and I seen my homeboys, they was, they was upset. So y'all finna get this 360. Deal with it. Sensitive-ass team. Can't stand the Suns. But anyway, my bad, y'all. Said I wasn't gonna we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So um, the last two are Grizzlies related. John Morant has officially climbed to the top five of the Kia MVP ladder. So it goes, they got Jason Tatum. They have Giannis, Luka, Jokic, and Ja. I don't think Jokic should be over Ja, but that's just me being a little biased. No, you're right. You can, you can be biased and be right. No, it's it's just he, he we can put him in the top five. It's just he's. I, I just think I don't know. I think Jaw is a more valuable player to his team, especially since Chunk, as as we like to refer to him now, tickles me every every time you say it, Nicole. It makes me so happy. Ever since Thanks. he mouthed off, it's like he's doing nothing but making the team better. So I I don't know. You could flop those two. It's tough for the other three. Uh, I, you know, I, T- Tatum's playing out of his mind and Giannis is playing so well, but I could see Luka dropping and, and Jokic dropping really quickly. I could see Ja at number three, Luka at four and Jokic at five, just because right now I think Ja's a little bit more explosive than Luka. Luka has some mm-hmm. injury stuff going on, so he's not playing at his full potential right now. Yeah, I agree with, I agree with you, Nicole, like Luka... The thing with him, you want to talk about somebody that don't really make their teammates better. I'm going to say it's Luka, but it's just because his usage is through the roof. Like, he's late clock. You know, I'm triple team, quadruple team. Oh, I got a wide open Dim, uh, Dinwiddie or Dorian Finney-Smith, whatever that dude name is. And they pop in Block. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not that's not making your team better. So, it's hard for me to put him over. Matter of fact, I would flip flop. I would actually put him five. Because I think Jokic does more. Me personally, I think he does more for his team than Luka does. I mean, that's just me. But mm-hmm. but him yeah, being in the I top agree. five is good. Appreciate I agree that. with that. But he's, he's creeping his way up there. He was number eight last week. So if he keeps playing how he is, he'll be there. And then number one, we got uh, Desmond Bain. Got on my Bain main shirt. Um, he will be sidelined for a few more weeks. After reevaluation, Chris don't look like that. Because okay. his reevaluation, <laughs> no, his reevaluation went really good. Yeah. It went really, really good. It turns out it wasn't like the turf toe injury, it was actually a bone in his big toe joint that has to heal correctly or it could require surgery. And then he'll be sidelined for a month or two. So we just got to take it how it's dealt. I mean, they said projected in the statement, so it's not guaranteed to be three or four weeks. It could be a week and a half. It could be two weeks. It could be 16 days. So I feel like a lot of the fan base kind of overreacted on that one. You got to look into the context of the word projected. They're they're playing it safe is what they're doing by using that word. Because if he's a fast healer just like Ja, he'll be back. Just like Z. Z came back, so... 
I don't know. I just felt like they were overreacting. We got a lot of smart guys in our front office that went to these MITs and these smart schools. So they 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 know how to to write stuff a certain kind of way. So you write the code. It did say projected. It didn't say guaranteed. Uh, the sad part about it, projected could be it could be longer. But I will say the way these guys, and we're gonna get into this a little later. The way they plan right now. Hey, take care of whatever toe, metatarpal, carpal, whatever. I, I, I did. I hated anatomy, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> I'm just ready for him to get back, man. Like I said, we'll talk about that later. But you know, we'll see. Get better. Back. I just wish he was back by Christmas. That's that's the only thing that that's makes me sad. That's the one. It's the Christmas the game. One. He I, very well could be back by Christmas. That's why he could I, be. That's all Fingers I want for Christmas. Crossed. Because when That's they released that, it was exactly three weeks till the day of Christmas. You so, right. ooh, they so sneaky. I can't stand them folks, man. <laughs> I just got to see Bane Aaron and Aaron was going to come back in December. Yeah. I need the full team to talk smack. I, I, I do. I, I really do. I need them to be talking plenty smack on Christmas because I'm going to be full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, come on, man. Come on, bang. Even if you go out there and just take one three and splash one they face and talk some smack and go to down. Like, that's all I want. <laughs> yeah. Minutes restriction. Min- minutes restriction. <laughs> Give them five minutes that game. That's it. Five minutes. That's it. That's it. One minute per quarter. <laughs> well, Nicole, we appreciate the news on that. Definitely some good updates um, for sure. And we got some Twitter questions, so we're going to actually go with those first before we get into topics. Uh, we appreciate everybody that reached out and um, kind of gave us some questions. So we're going to start with the first one. And I'm going to let y'all lead on this. Um, we got from Straight Net Pod. Said, after Melton's 33-point performance last night, what's your opinion on the offseason trade at the moment? Now, I know we went into a little bit about this last week. But just, you know, how you feel? I, I already know what I, I know what Nicole going to say, but... Let's start with you, Nicole. I'm fine. I'm perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> I thought I made it perfectly clear that I was fine on the last podcast and the one before that. But um, Melton has one good game and all of a sudden we're supposed to miss him. Like we don't have one of the deepest benches in the damn league. Yes. Make it make sense. Oh, it don't make sense because they asking that damn question. <laughs> I, I'm with her. It's it's like it's like okay, like why why did we never get the tweet when he was on our team about a game like that? Like I, I'm not gonna be mad when when finally another team does it. Like I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. I'll talk about how happy I am for him later. But it's it's just you know like. It, Cool. Like we 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 he's not on this team anymore because that kind of game was not consistent play for him. That's yeah. why like why do they keep bringing it up? They're gone for a reason. They were shipped off for a reason because we have two rookies and then Zaire who can fill in and do these things that Mr. Do something and slow mo could do. So it's like why are we get over it? Get the hell over it. It's over. It's done. They're gone. They were shipped Nicole. off. That is the X that got away for a lot no, of us. No, it's not. For a lot of us. It's not here. For a lot of us got our emotional ties. I get it. So, you know, I'm the I, I'm the soul. Well, my emotional know, ties, I, most of them just got contracts. So I can't say nothing. Yeah. 
I know yeah, Luca. They got that bag, you know. Yeah, I just, I got I, my love for Melton is gonna always overshadow anything else. I just love that guy. You know, great locker room guy, always smiling. We talked about it last week. The infectious attitude and positivity that he brings. I'm happy that he hit a 33 piece. He didn't get close to that as a Greek, but I think maybe his. I didn't look it up, but I want to say his career high was like 25 or less. So if we could have got that as a consistent Lou Williams, Jordan Clarkson off the bench score every game, he would still be here. Um, but he just, it didn't, you know, it didn't happen that way. I wish it did, but I hope we answered your question straight in that part. Um, we, like I said, we talked about it a little bit last week, but we definitely wanted to uh, touch on your question. We appreciate you tapping in with us for sure on that. So um, next, we got our girl Fredrick Worthy. She said, Hey, y'all have a simple question. Do you think the Grizzlies really can win it all this year? I say mine. I'll let y'all go first again. Yes. <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> I, I every, every game they keep playing, it's just uh, more, um, it just it's like it's concrete setting every passing week game. It's like, oh yeah, I feel more strongly with each game that they have what it takes to win a championship. Hail to the air. Yes. <laughs> so you're te- like any Grizzlies fan who's actually watching, like not just watching for entertainment, but watching these dudes and the way that they've evolved and paying attention to the things that they're doing and the way Jenkins is coaching. Even the assistant coaches are being more aggressive with the players. Mm-hmm. You cannot tell me that this team is not trying to go all the way. You can't. You can't tell me different. Yeah, they made business. Um and again, it's one of our topics, so I won't get into it too deep, but I do think the big turn for us this year and actually being title contenders is Jaron Jackson Jr. And his attitude, the way he's approaching the game. And I'll leave it at that for now because, like I said, it's actually one of our topics today. And I don't want to give it all away how I feel about it, but uh, with him playing the way that he's playing, just attitude-wise, if certain things happen, as well as you getting back a healthy bane. Again, take your time. I'd rather have you for a, a finals run than a Christmas Day game. I, I'll tell you that. Um, it's It can get scary. And matter of fact, it's going to get scary. Yes, to answer your question, Ms. Worthy, I do believe that we got a chance to win it all. Um, and I do believe, we'll talk about this as well, uh, we might be in for one of the most exciting conference finals that we've seen in the last couple of years, for sure, leading up to it. But I still give us the, the nod over them, so... Yeah, yes squared. No, it's not yes squared. Is it cubed? Yeah. Cubed, cubed. Yeah, yes cubed. Three I times. said no math. <laughs> you did say that. You I said, said that. no math. <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> and the last question we got, I believe, uh, comes from Head Huncho from Grizz901 Network. Daniel Greer, he said, since we are a third of the way into the season so far, who are the coach of the year candidates? Also, since TJ should have won it last year, what will he need to do to capture this award this year? Uh, he ain't got to do nothing. Second. Oh, well, uh-uh. you gotta, if you're going to say something like that, you got to elaborate. Mm-mm, come on with it. Okay. If anyone else has seen what I've seen, which I mean you should if you're watching the Grizzlies, uh, Taylor Jenkins' issue last year was rotations, especially during the playoffs, and his aggressiveness towards the players. He did not put the players in their place. He did not rotate correctly. He did not know when to call timeouts. He's doing all three of those things. He's calling timeouts before stuff gets too out of hand. 
He's playing with rotation, seeing who fits where and who's going to be strong with who. He's putting in rookies with the first unit, and it's working. And not only that, he's getting on his assistant coaches. He's also putting players in their place. And this includes hard-headed players like Dylan Brooks. So you cannot sit here and tell me that Taylor Jenkins should not win coach of the year this year when he is improving just as much as his own team. Yeah, I, he's my number one, too. And, and I, I, I think if the Grizzlies get the one seed, you have to give it to him. The, the only other, I think that Mike Brown has, has done some good shit over down there in Sacramento. Um, I, but I, I just think if you're going to give it to Monty Williams two years in a row, you've got to give it to TJ this year. You can't give it to like someone who's in their first year somewhere. I think Will Hardy's also doing good stuff in Utah, but I don't. For see me, that my second much one, my second one would be Willie Green and the Pelicans. Ooh. That's me. That's mine. That's my number two. Willie Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TJ is number one for me. You know, you know, and I hate. Honest, I'm gonna be real. Like it's almost like what would make sense of a guy having an MVP season last year and he has an okay season this year, but you give it to him this year because he had a great season last year. That makes no sense. Give it to the coach that deserves it that year so we can move on. Like, I don't yeah. understand the backtracking and, the you know, oh, we missed you last year, so we're going to pat you on the butt and take care of you this year. Like, no. TJ deserved it last year, and like you said, if he is, you know, the number one seed, I still almost give it to him at number two because of all the injuries and that. It just depends on who that first seed is. If it's New Orleans, it's going to be hard. If I take off my Grizzlies cap, my bias cap, it's going to be hard to really argue against Willie Green because he has turned that situation down in New Orleans. He's turned that all the way around. I mean, Zion was about to leave. Um, and, I mean, that's the biggest thing. If they don't have Zion, we're not talking about them right now. We ain't talking about them, you know, in the playoffs this year. Like, he's the culture setter, even though he's not really, from what it seems, a locker room like rah-rah guy. But they, they, now that they see him buying in, that's changed everything. So I would have to give it to Willie if they end up being number one. But I'm going to tell you this, it's just up to TJ to take the crown from him at that point because of what he's doing with all the injuries that we're dealing with and in certain two rookies. Nicole, you made amazing points. I ain't got nothing else to say on that. Yeah, the rookie point is a good one because people nationally are starting to recognize his choices with the rookies. That's not just something that the Grizzlies fans are talking about. You know, that's something that Zach Lowe was talking about. Like, that's people on ESPN mm-hmm. talking about how he is throwing these rookies into these lineups, throwing them to the fire. So, it's his to lose. You know, I like people I, are literally I, falling in love with David Roddy because of the situation David Roddy is being put into because of Taylor Jenkins. Like, mm-hmm. that is a thing. We don't need him to be a Paolo Boncaro or a Jaden Ivey. We just need you to yeah. come out on the first unit and do your job. And he's doing yeah. that. And, I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah, you know, we're on the podcast. I hate when we pick two different people together. This is just for conversation. Obviously, we love both of these guys. Um, and this wasn't a question that was submitted, but y'all just made me think about it. At this point in the season right now, where we at, comparing last year and this year, is David Roddy ahead of Zaire's development last year at this point right now? Yes. I, I think he's better on the perimeter. I think his perimeter defense is better at this point now than Z's was then in his rookie year. I think, who knows where they'll be in their career, but I think now, I mean, because Roddy's out there guarding, when he takes Dylan out, he puts Roddy on the guy that Dylan's guarding now. And so yeah. I think that 
Z was hurt at this point last this time last year, you know. So I, I, it's like Nicole said, Roddy has done just taken the full advantage of the situation that coach has given to him. It's been it's been cool to see. I was a big Jake LaRavia guy, you know, like still screaming for him to get minutes. And it's just it's going to be impossible for him to see the court with the way Roddy's playing now. That's a fact, especially with Zaire back. I mean, yeah, it's just not enough wing minutes at this point because uh, I was a big person uh, supporter of Jake maybe playing back up four. Uh, and yeah. then moving BC to back up five, but I mean, you got to play Santi. So sorry, rookie. <laughs> you got yeah, you got to get in where you fit in at this point. <laughs> Jake, we love you, but you're gonna love it in South Haven just a little bit more, baby. Facts, facts. Yep, get it in. That's all the questions that we had. Again, we appreciate y'all submitting those. Uh, definitely fun to do. And you know, if y'all are listening, um, our other friends on twitter uh definitely reach out to us and you know give us some more questions because we love answering those just you know give us a brain exercise to talk about some other stuff so let's get in what we had on the docket um the grizzlies go four and oh this past week we streaking y'all they, they got clothes on but they streaking so yeah they, are. Um, <laughs> they won um the last seven of eight uh the only loss came against them sorry timber puppies uh, that we shouldn't have lost to, but we'll, you know, whatever. We'll give them joy for the, that one game they needed. So, looking at the win streak, looking at how we're playing right now, um, people are stepping up. People are filling in roles perfectly. What's working? Like, what are we – what's making this train pick up steam quicker, in a sense, than what it did last year? You know, everybody talks about the the the, the slow start that we had. I think it was 9 and 10 or something like that. Whatever. It was bad. Um but yeah, we 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 are second in the West currently right now, fourth in the NBA in record, and we have not got our sharpshooter back yet. So, what's going on with with, with the Grizzlies, y'all? What, what what they got going in in that locker room? The next man up mentality. That's exactly what it is. It's something that they preach all the time, and it's a lot. It's something that a lot of other teams try to adopt, but they can't quite be successful because some players just don't know when to step back and take a role player role kind of like what Dylan Brooks is doing right now. He is a great point to this. Like you're you're a starter and you know you're a starter, but you also know you could be moving to a sixth, seventh man role. So you're adapting to whatever role you're put into. And that's what this team is doing. This team is, it's like infectious with each other. Like if they see Dylan and Ja doing it, being selfless, they're going to do the same thing. And it's all just going to fall into place. When you have selfless leaders like, Ja and Dylan, which sometimes Dylan can be selfish, but he's been amazing this season. We're 26 games in. We've never seen Dylan like this before. Like, he's spreading the ball. He gives Jaron the ball more than anyone, him and Brandon Clark, and sometimes Tyus, give Jaron the ball more than anyone. And that's what's making this team work. They're building connections on these different rotations that Jenkins is doing. He's testing people out. He's testing their strengths and weaknesses. And it's just – this next man up mentality that a lot of these other teams wish that they had. Yeah. I think if, if the Grizzlies are okay, bear with me. If you guys ever watched Thomas the train back in the day. Yes, right. sir. Okay. So if the Grizzlies are the train and you know, John Morant's the conductor, you know, I don't know if it was Alec Baldwin or Ringo had changed who he was. What has changed for me is Jaron's face is the face that's right on the front of the train that they are just 
he is becoming the face of the train that is shooting our defense up from dead last in the league to top 10. Now I think we're in the top 10. I think we're one of we the are, top, uh, one top, of top eight or top 10 in offense and defense right now. Like that, like since he's come back and, and it's been a combination of like what you said, Nicole, since he's come back and all these other pieces have just not been there. It, he's just, with his long ass arms has just embraced that next man up mentality and is just dominating everybody on the court. I don't know if that Thomas the train metaphor worked. It worked better in my head, but I, I don't know. No, it definitely worked. You're right. Jaws the conductor, but Jaron is the face of the movement. Yes. Makes sense. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, uh, I mean, you talking about green grind. I mean, his nickname literally was a conductor with Mike Conley, you know, but, the face of it was Zach Randolph. If you can say yep. Mark Gonzalez, you can say Tony Allen. I don't give a damn who you name, but that the face of that team at that time was Zach Randolph. He was the one that changed them because the rest of them guys that have been here. I mean, Tony Allen, he came in on, you know, through free agency, but he didn't even start really his first year. Once the buy-in came from Zach to say, we finna go to the promised land and they rolled his back. They made the conscious effort. The conductor, like you said, Mike Conley made the decision to say, Hey, we're gonna feed this guy. He gonna throw his hand up. He gonna take like I play, I used to play He's like two on two K. He yeah, like you couldn't do nothing with him, but you knew what he was gonna do. That's how you know a player is just crazy cold. If you know what they're gonna do, like you studied the film, they only got maybe five moves or five go-to uh, play styles or whatever that they're gonna do. So when you see them make one move, you know okay, I know what you're about to do next. Zebo he didn't have this crazy repertoire, but you knew what he was gonna do, and you could not stop it. I've been saying this for the last couple of years when Jaron and that almost, you know what, let's just go ahead and go into the next topic. Cause I mean, this is what I'm about to hit on. Jaron is dominating on both sides of the ball, 20 points a game, almost consistently every single night. It's efficient. 20 points a game. It's not, he's taking these crazy amount of shots. His three pointers attempts are going down. He's it's a mixed bag. And I love that because it's not – I'm not forcing the three and I'm not forcing forcing down low. It's just whatever they give me, I'm taking. And so that two-way dominance, I mean, defensively, he's going to be like that. He's long. He's smart. He don't have to get off the ground too much, but he's going to block it if it's in his vicinity. Um, like, I think – I'm going to ask you all this, and I'm going to come back. Is it another level to Jaren? Because if he is the face of the squad as far as making us go right now, do y'all think, based on the way he's playing, is it another level? Because we do know his minutes, at least the last night, they went up to 30 minutes for the first time in a long time. And that's been one thing for me. He needs to get the minutes to, to get the productivity that we know that he can do. Is it another level that he can unlock to take this team to another level from where they are right now? Yeah. I I, I mean, like, if it's like you said. It's if he can start a plan. He didn't even hit 30 minutes. He was at 29 minutes. Like, if he can play over 30 minutes, like, it's going to be insane. He's already in the top 15 in the league and blocks a game, and he's played, what, half as many games as everybody else? Like, people can't do anything against him. Anything. And he can get to the damn basket in, like, two steps because he's so long. He can – it's just – He's becoming like another version of Giannis, and nobody's really having an answer for him yet. And if he can keep playing, like if he can stay healthy, keep realizing that he is the 
the dominant force on the court. Keep making these mm -hmm. shots. Keep choosing these good shots. Keep going up and swatting shit out of the air. Like if he can keep doing this and not fouling, doing it also while not fouling, which he has been doing so much mm -hmm. better. Like we're nobody's nobody in the West is going to have anything. You know, nobody. Z Zion maybe, but nobody else. Nobody else. And we still haven't seen that matchup yet. So, I mean, that's a good point. Not not to where they were both were competing at a high level at the same time. When we played them last week and it wasn't that great. So yeah. That's a yeah. good point. What you got, Nicole? Yeah, I'm uh I'm with Luke on this one. The scary thing is Jaron hasn't reached his potential. He's like nowhere near it for me. Nowhere near it. Like once he locks in his mental mentality, because we have noticed him, you know, getting a little frustrated and stuff like that, which he's way better way better mm -hmm. at it this season um you don't see him clapping at the refs hardly as much you don't see him flailing his hands like he used to mm -hmm. look at Lou mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> that was like a Jaren yeah that was a, a Jaren play um you don't see him doing those things because I think he finally learned like he processed that I'm not gonna get my team anywhere if I'm acting like a donkey out here on the court mm -hmm. Now he yep. only acts a donkey. I've noticed if it's warranted, like if it was some some BS that wasn't called, he's gonna say something, and he's gonna chance that, and he's gonna take that foul or take that tech. But that's a beautiful thing because we have Coach Jenkins behind us, behind mm -hmm. him, who's like, "Yeah, I got your back, no matter what. As long as you're in the right, we'll take that fine. We'll take that tech. We'll take that ejection. We don't care." Right. But Jared, if he continues to unlock his own like talents he's gonna unlock everyone else's talents around him because that's what he's doing i actually wrote an article about an agenda that i'm trying to push and i'm gonna okay. drop what it's about right here jaron jackson jr and brandon clark um how they complement each other you know they're best friends off the court and that For is sure. just a perfect example of what jaron can unlock he is helping unlock the defense in brandon clark so if he can do this for Brandon, just imagine what he can do for the rest of the team when he fully gets well-rounded. It's going to be scary. Yeah, I that's the thing. Like, it's all, going back to talking about the Zebo thing, and you look at the way Ja plays, being an explosive point guard like that, you want to focus on a lot of times, at least we've seen, especially with, like, LeBron, and we were just talking about Luka earlier, these guys that are ball-dominant, but they can make something out of nothing – the prototypical blueprint has been to just put them up, just surround them with shooters. Like we ain't got to get no just great athletes. We ain't got to get no great whatever players. We're going to just get four other guys that can shoot the three well and let them figure it out. Well, it's hit or miss with that, you know, because that doesn't work all the time. I mean, LeBron has what four rings, but with him actually playing that way, I mean, you can say the Laker bubble championship because AD, I think he played really well. But outside of that, everybody was just shooters. Uh, his other teams, they were kind of a mixed bag. But um, when you got a guy that's seven feet, he's seven foot tall, maybe seven one, dude still growing. He put on weight this offseason and he's keeping the weight. He's using his weight effectively. Um, like I said, temperament has changed, attitude has changed. And he's getting a go-to move. Throw me the ball. I may give you a juke back to the left or the right, and I'm throwing it up there. You're not taller than me. If I really want to jump up here, you can't probably jump higher than me. There's only a few players that can get there. Like, that's a mismatch. You take advantage of your mismatches every game. Like, if we're going to be a smart basketball team, 
that's number one now if you can stop the mismatch okay we'll start something else but when we get too caught up on trying to be so smart and so pretty and start doing all this just crazy stuff at the end of the day the game the name of the game is put the ball in the hoop and jaron right now as he is is our best shot but no pun intended to get the ball in the hoop like it just makes sense and i was talking about on the space last night how Jaws rookie year he was the leader in fourth quarter scoring as a rookie point guard that's unheard of and then like what was it not the year after that but last year or was it last year i get so confused now with these COVID years and stuff where he led uh for most of the year in points in the paint scoring as a point guard like he's leading in these crazy categories but my point is that first year when he was the leader in fourth quarter scoring is because he was getting his teammates involved most of the game now if he had an open lane or he had something that he could take advantage of on a break or something of course he's taking it but fourth quarter job was a real thing you knew when it got to them last probably seven to six minutes 12 was bringing the ball up the court and he was going to get a screen not a screen he was going to do some crazy to make something happen and i would much rather let him save his energy throughout the game playing like rookie year job it's so ironic i've been trying to ask for rookie year jaren for the last five years that's what he's gotten back to he's getting that ball in the in the post and he's just going up the threes will come great they're gonna leave you open with the mismatches and when jock gets to going you're gonna get open threes if that's what you want but no it needs to run through the team primarily jaren get him involved let him get his touches let him get his excitement going because that's gonna fuel him defensively which we see when he's playing tip top defensively it ain't too many people that can hang with us. Like you're talking about Dylan coming back, and I know I'm going long, but I'm really passionate about this subject now because it's starting to just really come about for what we've been asking for. You talk about Desmond Bain not having to guard the team's best player uh when Dylan finally got back. Well, now Dylan, even though he's guarding the team's best player, he can even have a few more mistakes because he got Jaron behind him. When Dez gets back, you got a good defender in him, but he don't have to defend. You got Dylan, that's a pretty good defender. And then you got Jaron, which is, should be probably defensive player of the year. Like, bro, what you finna do with that? And Ja talking about picking people up full court? I'm just saying, like, I, this can get really nuts, y'all. Like, it, it can get real crazy. Let me shut up, because I'm going too hard right now. But No, 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 because no, I want to pick up on something you just said. I noticed something about Ja. And this is going to stray a little off topic, but you got to bear with me. These mm-hmm. past all 26 games, he'll give a little bit of seriousness, but then he'll just be like, F it. I'm going to have me mm-hmm. some fun. He's not yeah. fully locked into his serious jaw yet. And you can tell he's out there just vibing right now. He's just vibing. He's just doing what he loves to do. When jaw locks into playoff jaw, I tried to tell some Pelicans fans this last night on Twitter. When Ja locks into playoff Ja, it's going to be something they've never seen before unless you watched him play Golden State because mm-hmm. Minnesota knew how to cover him. Brandon Clark and Desmond Bain put us on their backs for the Minnesota series. Yep. If you watch that Golden State series and how he was with Draymond, you know what I'm talking about. Playoff Ja. He hasn't reached that yet, and we're 26 games in. We are a quarter of the way through, and he's just out there vibing. He's just having fun. Yep. And then, like, you know, this is just the team who unlocks each other's potential. So when Ja gets that playoff attitude, 
it's going to spread to players like Jaron. And that's going to be filthy when it happens. Mm -hmm. Filthy for everybody else, but not us. And you bring up a good point. Even when that, I want to say, I want to say it was the play in when he played Golden State uh, two years ago. Like, when he was barking at them and like yeah playoff job is a different job like we get to see the excitement and you know, entertainment and stuff right now but when it's playoff time dude lock in and again he's get, he's gonna get better at that because we're only talking about year four that he's in right now like imagine year seven john the playoffs year eight veteran you know when now he I got, when he starts to hit his ceiling jaw yes be yes. Scary. yes he he was shooting the ball 51 43 86 split in that Golden State playoff series before he got hurt. See what I'm talking about? Like, and mind you, that was without job. Steven Adams, and that was without yes. Steven Adams. That's and again, I don't even want to bring this up because it is what it is, it's over with. But a healthy John, a healthy Steven Adams for that whole series, you know, he did miss it because of COVID the first two games. You get him for that whole series, and you get a healthy job for the whole series, and you don't get Dylan to knock Gary Payton out for the series. Man, we talking about a finals appearance last year, but it's okay because sometimes you need those whippings. Sometimes you need those those stripes to push you forward later, and uh, I think that's going to feel them. They need to feel that. No, job, no job. You see what Zion just said last night. I didn't play last year, but I saw my homies. I know how they was looking. We ain't going for that no more. So I'm gonna dunk on you. I'm gonna do all this crazy stuff. You think if Zion can get like that, we know how petty John Moran is. Come on now. <laughs> John Moran is dude. worse. He's yeah. worse. We're talking <laughs> about someone dude. who was barking and clapping at Draymond last year. He was stepping to Draymond Green, clapping in his face, like nose to nose, like it was nothing. That is I'm petty. That is wanting all the smoke. He called the ref a sassy ass. Like, dude, come on, man. I, I didn't say some people call some refs some crazy stuff or say some crazy stuff to a ref, but calling another grown man sassy? Yeah, that's pity, I got dude, his man. poster behind me for a reason. Uh, it's a canvas. Whatever 12 says, <laughs> I ride with. So if he's sassy, he's sassy because John Moran said so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. Jaren, I know we got off the rails a little bit, but... Um, Man, it's just it's, – it's so exciting to think that it's finally clicking for him. And I do think if we can get him consistently 32 to 33 minutes a game, no foul trouble, obviously, that's going to be an important piece. But just John Morant, I'm begging you, bro. You and Jaron need some type of on-court chemistry. It, we saw it his first year. They, they had a lot more assists. And that's a stat that we probably need to look up, like how many assists – uh, on Jaren's shots are coming from Ja versus yeah. I'm gonna pull it up um, eventually. We may talk on that on the next pod. How it was last um, his first year because they were they were they had a lot more chemistry that first year and we were a lot you know we were excited to see where it was going. It kind of has like fell off since then. If they can start at least from there and build or just passing the ball like it was one I can't remember it was maybe first quarter I think last night and Ja he it was a late clock situation. And I can't remember who was guarding Jaron, but it, they didn't have nobody that was size-wise that could compete with him anyway. Jaron was backing him, like, post position, just putting his hand up, and instead of passing it straight to him, I mean, he could have – John makes some crazy passes. We've seen amazing passing ability from this dude. 
that was an easy pass for John. Whether he threw it up on the dude's legs, wrap around behind the back, he could have did something. Uh, but instead of getting it to Jaron, which is right here in front of him, he ended up passing it to the top of the key, which I think was Dylan, I think. And um, it may have not been Dylan. But anyway, it ended up being a grenade at the end of the clock. It's stuff like that. We have to get him the ball at least on those type of situations, John. Like, period, point blank. Those are gimmies. The other stuff, trying to make something happen, all right, great. That's great. But if it's a gimme, get that man the ball because that's what Mike Conley would have did to Zebo back in the day. And I hate to make that comparison, but it's getting that type of time at this point. You know, everybody's serious about winning. Let's go. Let's make winning plays. So I'm going to shut up about Jaren. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm passionate about it because this dude is definitely exciting. Y'all can feel it through the podcast, I'm sure. And y'all watching it with us. So I'm sure y'all feeling the same way at home that's listening. So here's a fun little brain exercise that we got for this last topic. So playoff brackets. Obviously, this stuff is going to change. We know that. But um, talking about uh, Ms. Wordy's question earlier when she was asking, you know, can we – we already had this question on the docket for today, but it's kind of a piggyback on that. Is the championship um, aspirations, is that really real? And we're going to break down what the playoff bracket would be right now. Um, and we will kind of go through, talk through the matchups and stuff like that, what y'all think it would happen in these series. And ideally, obviously, we want the, the Grizzlies to be in the championship, but we're going to be objective with it. We still may come out with the Grizzlies being there, I believe so. Uh, but let's bring up the Western Conference standings right now. Um, so at number one, as it stands, we got the – New Orleans Pelicans. They are 17 and 8. Um, you got the Grizzlies. We are number two, 17 and 9. You got the Phoenix Suns, three. You got the Nuggets at four, the Kings at five, the Jazz at six. They still got a winning record, which is still crazy to me. Um, the Mavericks at seven, and then you got the Timber Puppies at eight. Now we know it's a play-in situation. Uh, so if you want to include nine and ten, you got the Trailblazers and the Clippers. Yes, you are hearing this correctly. The Golden State Warriors are not even in the play-in currently. Tough, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we're not we're not even gonna talk about the play in uh, because that's that's new. It is what it is. If y'all get out the play in, great. But right now, as it stands, if the playoff started today, you got the Pelicans going first matchup against the Timberwolves, and so we're gonna do this bracket style. We're gonna talk about this matchup first between the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. Fully healthy, obviously. This is what we're gonna talk about. Injuries happen, but fully healthy. In a seven-game series, who do y'all have coming out of that series? I have the Pelicans because I'm not even sure Cat is going to be on the team if the Timberwolves make it to the playoffs. Mm. I, I just – if that goes south – yeah, if that goes south and someone has to go, get him out of there. I don't like Cat. Sorry. that's I'm I'm getting my personal opinion across. I just don't like Cat. <laughs> I'm with you, bro. I, I, got, I admit that he's good, but he makes me so mad. I, I just think – Pelicans are just a better team. They got more guys. There ain't nobody on the Timberwolves. That who's the Timberwolves second unit? You know, like the Pelicans second unit. I'd take them ten times out of ten against the second unit of the Timberwolves. I just that seems like an easy one to me. Sorry. Yeah, it is. I think that might be a sweep. That one might be a sweep. <laughs> what you think, Nicole? Pelicans pulled it out. Sadly, I have to agree. <laughs> Sadly, that's your that's whole team. I mean, that's your, where you from? Why you say sad? Y'all making me choose. Like y'all put me in a tough predicament. Like I won't choose Memphis every time. Okay, yeah. we, every we, okay. Time. 
we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. All right. So the second second round, well, not second round, we said in the first round, you be you had a Grizzlies going against the Mavericks. Now, typically, this is a terrible matchup for us because Luca always got our number, but Grizz killer. We didn't have Jaron last time. We didn't. And then the time before that, I think we didn't have Dylan Brooks. And then the time before that, I think they don't we didn't have, have somebody for, else. They don't have they don't got the guys either. They don't. They don't. So between that one, I think we can all agree. At this point this year, the way that we're playing everybody healthy, we finally get over that hump and we take out the Mavericks. So we ain't gonna even break that down. We get past them. Um, then you have the Suns against the Jazz. Give me the Jazz. <laughs> I was about Same. to say, I don't know. I think Clarkson got that dog in him because I know y'all seen how he did Golden State finna beat the hell out of Kuminga. Like, well, I yeah, got yeah. a boxing match and a basketball game for free. Yep. Yep. I'm uh, also I, – I, I had Phoenix missing the playoffs at the beginning of the season. I, I, I just don't I, – I think that they're going to have – I mean, it's, it's the regular season now. I think they're going to have a hangover when they get to the playoffs from getting that ass beat by the Mavericks last year. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I, I think. I think the Jazz. The Jazz have everybody on that Jazz roster is a dog, mm-hmm. and they got nothing to lose either. They got nothing to lose. Yeah. No. I mean, I think that one would go to seven, but I think the Jazz win. And Jordan Clarkson has became like a shell of his former self. He's really found himself on the court, mm-hmm. and he. I mean, he proved that last game against the Warriors last night. Or was it the night before? Something like that. I don't know. I, I just didn't think yeah. that the Jazz were going to pull it out. I know that them and Golden State was neck and neck, and then here comes Jordan Clarkson running out the gate. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. That, dude, that dude is dude's a ghost face killer face. He's, he's a killer. Yeah, I like how our team is. I know a lot of people have been talking about, you know, at some point maybe at the deadline we make a you know, we pull a move on, on him and, and pull him from the Jazz, but – the way he's been playing, I mean, they're going to probably they're raise his trade value. And, yeah, they probably won't. And if they do, it's probably going to be more than what we want to spend at this point, the way that he's been playing. So our dreams may be shot on that. But, yeah, I, I think I got to go with y'all because the, the Suns, just the culture thing, we don't know what's going to happen with the Jay Crowder situation. Um, if they do end up trading him, what they bring back, how that's going to affect versus, you know, chemistry and, and just on-court production. So, just for this exercise, I'm gonna say the Jazz. You know, they 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 pull it out in seven. Um, then we got the Nuggets and the Kings. This is this the way they playing this year. This is a big good series. So, yeah. um, between these two, who, who, who y'all got? That could be a dog fight. I got Sacramento. If, if, if the Kings keep playing the way that they are, I'll take Sacramento and Mike Brown. But I can't put nothing past Jokic because that man is a human psychopath. Like, <laughs> he, <laughs> He is not human. He's like bionic man. Um, yeah. I can't play anything past Jokic, but if the Kings keep going strong like they are and keep figuring other teams out before they play them, I got to go with the Kings. So I'm I'm kind of Switzerland. I'm torn. It could go either way. It's like realistically, you know, that's a series that the Kings probably won't win because they've not gotten their, their bumps yet. They've not gotten their bruises. And, and Jokic has been there forever. But – I, my heart wants them to win so bad because I, I love watching. I like that team a lot. I would love a seven-game series between the Grizz and them. Would love it. Yeah. That'll be a good one. And I think the biggest thing with the Nuggets, as always, it's been like that for the last couple of years, and they spent a lot of money to where they really tie for that for a while unless they get off these contracts is health. I mean, you got Michael Porter. Yeah, Porter, Porter got, Jr. Yeah, his back. You got uh, Murray coming off uh, knee – 
injuries, I think it was, or was it Achilles? I can't remember. But anyway, it was a leg injury. And uh, he's he's not back to what he was at first uh, before the injury. He's decent right now. But if he's not that player he was uh, in the bubble, when him and uh, Donovan Mitchell was going back and forth, that was amazing basketball. Side note, I'm one of the people that believe that the bubble was some of the best basketball that we will ever see. Not that we've ever seen, that we will ever see. Because it was no yeah. distraction. All I had to go in there and do was hoop. So that's my personal opinion. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think I'm with y'all. I'm going to take the Kings. The way they're playing right now, obviously we're talking about fully healthy on both sides. I just think they got more to prove this year. And if they want to like the little ugly bean and do whatever they want to do with it, go ahead. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't mad at you. All right, so the second round, it would be, I believe, I may be doing this wrong, but I believe it would be the Pelicans versus the Kings. Uh, I think I'm gonna go. They would get the Jazz, right? Wouldn't they get the lowest? They would get the lowest seed. Well, you know what? That's a good point. I think I did that wrong. You're right. Yeah, the Jazz. My bad. I put it wrong on my list. They would face the Jazz. Now, great, you got past who you got past in the first round, the Suns. Um, yeah, Pelicans gonna give you everything you want. I'm sorry, Jazz. It was a good year. Uh, and you missed a good chance of getting a draft pick by making it to the playoffs. So it's really a double L that you kind of take at this point. But hey, you got draft picks you got from all these trades and stuff. So stock them up, roll out a team next year, and we will see you one, two, three, Cancun. That's what I got to say. What do you what's y'all thoughts? <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the Pelicans, but um, I got an agenda to push about the playoffs that I'm going to talk to y'all about after we're done. So Okay. 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 I, I think I think Pelicans, too. I think that's going to be one of the, the Jazz. That's, that's just a tough, tough series. I don't think they have enough. They've got plenty of guys, but I don't think they have enough of them to throw at New Orleans. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, yeah, that's they're gonna be. That's gonna be a tough one. They're gonna be in no man's land with with being as good <laughs> as they were, but not being as bad as they could have been. They're right in the middle. Yep, they in the green. They were not the even the same. So long. Yeah, I mean, literally, what was it? The, I think the the playoff series where the Grizzlies played Kawhi and Kawhi went off, and I think they ended up going and getting. Oh, I think he got hurt the next series against the Warriors. Uh, but Mike Conley went off against the Spurs that year, and it's ironic he's on the Jazz team. Same scenario. Yeah. Sorry, brother. Um, <laughs> so, all right, so we got the Pelicans coming out, going to the conference finals, and then we got the Grizzlies versus the Kings. That's going to be a dogfight. Great series. Obviously, I'm not even going to put my home ahead on. I just think we talked about Ja locking in, Jaron locking in, getting into the playoffs. They both are different beasts. We know what Dez is going to bring. I mean – yeah, I'm sorry, Kings. Again, light your beam or turn your beam off, whichever one you want to do. Grizzlies are going to the conference finals. What y'all got? Uh, what you said. <laughs> okay. Basically, <laughs> they got to see Memphis. That's it. So it leads us to the Pelicans versus the Grizzlies in the conference finals, y'all. So obviously, uh, this is where we wanted to end up. I know it probably took us longer to get here than we wanted to, but that's just the way it's looking right now. I don't see any other team really beasting or beating. I can't say beasting. Beating these two teams or being better than these two teams, barring some kind of crazy trade. Uh, so matchup-wise, you got John Morant against C.J. McCollum. Uh, you have Dylan Brooks probably going to be guarding our boy Brandon Ingram. Um, you have Denson Bang going up against, I believe that starting two is Herb Jones. Correct me if I'm wrong, y'all. Mm. It's either Herb. I think you're right. 
Let me look. Um, and then you got Zion Williamson with Jaron and our big boy JV going against Steve-O. Um, benches, they're going to bring energy. They got Jose uh, Avocado. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a Barker. He's uh, Patrick Beverly 2.0, I feel like, with a little bit better jump shot. Um, but he's an irritant. We don't have an irritant. We probably should get an irritant. But um, just talk about that matchup, man, because, I mean, again, I don't want to be biased and say we're just going to blow through him. I do think it's going to be probably the most exciting playoff series that we've seen in the NBA in a long time, though. So what's your thoughts on that? What do we need to do to make sure if that is the um, conference finals matchup that we do, what do we need to do to make sure we lock that in to get past them and get to our first NBA finals? Stop, CJ McCollum. Because he's the grease killer. Anybody Bad else? Man. We stopped him. We stopped Jose. We stopped Zion. Stopped Trey. We stopped B.I. Uh, hello? <laughs> CJ was our problem. Been our problem since he's been in the league. He, he turns into the greatest basketball player that has ever hooped when he plays us. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Y'all know that's my hometown, but uh, at the end of the day, I have the same mindset about the Grizzlies that Allen Iverson had about himself as a singular person. If it's me mm. against you, every time I'm going to choose me. So, so, so <laughs> yeah. hold on, hold on. I need you to say it. Who are you choosing? Any uh, team that has John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., I'm there taking we There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Because that puts you in a hard, uh, a rock in a hard place. I ain't going to lie to you. You having to choose between hometown and, the, you know, your favorite I mean, favorite it, it kind of does, but I don't have, like, this emotional connection to the Pelicans like I do with the Grizzlies. Like, right. I've been a Saints fan my entire life. So, mm. for me to have this emotional connection with a basketball team that I've been a fan of for a few years now versus mm -hmm. another team my entire life, like, yeah. it's that same type of connection. And I'm trying to tell people, like, it's just something that really can't be explained. When you fall in love with the team, you're there. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's not your home team. Like, I want the Pelicans to do great, but do I want them to do great against us? Hell no. Never. No. <laughs> never <Hell> that. No. <laughs> no, because I want to see my boys succeed, the ones that play on Beale Street, because I know that they work their tails off. And I know that they're hungry and they don't want MVPs and DPOYs. They want rings. They want to bring home trophies. So, I mean, I, I'm going to pick the Grizzlies too. I think that, I, I mean, it's because I'm a homer, but it's also, I, it's, we've, it's, there's a lot of teams that have not been here before. And I think that matters. I, I think that being in yeah. a, a playoff series with your group of guys and being going to war with your group of guys, I think that matters. I, I think, and and I just, I think in a seven-game series, like New Orleans got a lot of length. They got a lot of shit they can throw at us, but I think that we just, we got more. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they, they go nine, ten guys deep. I'd say we go 12 deep. You know, like I just think we do what they do, but we can do it one or two steps ahead of them. And we've, we've got the, we got the scars. You know, we got the scars mm -hmm. from the bubble. We got the scars from that first round exit that we had against Utah. We got the scars from last year's run. I just, I just think that we're we're hungry for it. We're more hungry for it than they are, and I just don't think you can stop this train this year. 
I agree, man. Um, it's gonna be ugly. I think it goes down to seven games. Me personally, um, yeah, I think John's gonna have a amazing series. I would think that Zion is gonna at some point kick it in the gear, but I think it's gonna come down to who wants it more, who's more passionate about it. And like you said, when you got the battle scars, you don't want to do. I mean, yeah, we took it to another level. We progressed every year, play in first round, second round, and then at, in this scenario, they would be in the conference finals. It's, you're advancing every year. And even if they did that in the ideal world, like I'm, let's just I'll be honest, if they only made it to the conference finals and next year made it to the finals, that's a hell of a, you know, that's hell of progress, you know, for any team. But no, this year I want to see y'all skip that. Let's just go straight to the finals. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, whoever you see in the East, I mean, the only team that I would be worried about is Boston. I mean, Milwaukee. I, Milwaukee, we got a Jaren. So I mean, y'all got a unicorn. We got one too. What else? What you want to do? Um, and every other team in the East, I'm not worried about. We just beat up on the Heat. I think they finna break up. That 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 situation is dead. Uh, the Hawks, we don't know what's finna happen with them. Trey Young, little prick, little lot of pop with some hair on it. Um, <laughs> we don't know what's finna happen with them. Um, I think they. This is a bold take. I think they hand the keys over to Deontay at some point. Trade him and John Collins and get some other teams to retool. Um, who else is out in the East? Philly, do it. They can't get it together. Not worried about them. And I think that's really your top. Chicago's been a non-factor this year. Um, none of New York or Brooklyn. Cleveland. I may have spoke too soon. You know what? No, we haven't played them. Too young. They're too young. They're, it's like yeah. they don't have the scars yet either. They, they're, they're a year yeah. ahead of schedule. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I, I take us against them. It'll be exciting to watch, but nah, there's no way they get a ring before we do if we play them head up. So there y'all go. No bluffing has called the NBA champions for 2023. Memphis agreed to take it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long, long-winded way of getting getting from that one question we we, we talked about earlier, uh, but it was fun. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> we got there. So, uh, anything, any, any other thoughts before we wrap up on this part? Because um, I know we got we got the uh, other stuff to talk about. But anything else y'all got on that subject? Yeah, I have a little agenda to push. Let's go. I started pushing it last night for real, for real. I mean, I've been pushing it since uh, two seasons ago. But um, I want Golden State to start winning games. And here's why. I want us to get (laughs) our lick back. I want Mm -hmm. us to take them to the conference finals, you know, and just, Mm -hmm. just rip their hearts out like they did ours. I want us to kill them like one by one i want their heads knocked off one by one i want golden state fans to feel the same pain that memphis fans felt when we didn't get to that game seven Mm. i want all of their little hopes to rise in game five and then just knock them down in game six that is the agenda i'm pushing i want them to win enough games to get the play in and that's Mm. it because i want to see them I want to see him because we have unfinished business. And as a businesswoman, I don't like unfinished business. That's not healthy. <laughs> That's not healthy. And then you have nah. Clay Thompson saying, F Memphis and Jaron Jackson Jr. is a bum. Yeah, them fighting that, words. That message is playing over and over in the back of Jaron's mind every time mm-hmm. he steps on that court. You can tell. He literally included it in one of his workout videos during the summertime that he posted on Instagram. So... I want my lick back. I'm I with you. I'm on Golden State in Memphis. I'm no on offense that agenda. to New Orleans fans. No offense. 
but y'all ain't there yet. And we got unfinished business. This is an official rivalry because, you know, because of the fans Mm -hmm. basically championing like John Morant and Draymond Green, they took it to the league and was like, we want to play on Christmas because they want to see us play on Christmas primetime slot. Why not? Boom. Shout out Bryson. 8 p.m. Shout out to Bryson. Yes, he started that. And John Morant and Draymond Green finished it. Shout out to those two for really campaigning that to the league and mm-hmm. making the league understand that that's, that's views. Because yep. everybody tuned in last season to watch John Draymond go face-to-face every yep. game. The highest so, playoff series. It was the highest viewed. Most it was the highest viewed and rated playoff series in like the last three or four years, that's if crazy. I'm not mistaken. Um, but we got unfinished business and business needs to be handled accordingly. Yeah. So that's I'm gonna my take it a step further. I'm going to take your agenda a step further. Cause I'm, I'm on that, I'm on that train with you. I would love to, I would love for us to, you, you, you were talking about them feeling the pain that we feel. No, I want them to feel something worse. I want them to feel way more pain. So I want them to come into that series thinking they're going to get past us. And we sweep them. But not only do we sweep them, I don't want one or two-point victories. I want 10-point victories. And on top of the 10-point victories, I want to break up the Golden State Warriors. So, so you Steph want, Curry, like, game five blowout 40-plus points. But in four games, yes, 100%. And I want to break that team up. I want them to go into trading Draymond and getting what they can. I want Clay to be the bomb that he said Jared is and get traded and, and, and get draft picks for him. I want um, – who else they got? Pool party, ship his ass too. They just paid Q-Minga. him all that money. Whatever, yeah, yeah, Looney, him too. Looney, Looney, you know what? Looney just played. I like Looney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't even Looney mad at just hoops. <laughs> Yeah, he just hoop, man. He just go put on his. Looney shoes. just vibing. Looney is just vibing. He's just there. Like, yeah, we, we yeah. love him for that. He's just there. Yeah, he ain't he ain't into all that mess. So I ain't got no smoke with him. Bring James Wyman back to Memphis so he can back up Santia too. Uh, yeah, blow that whole team up. That's what I want. Forget feeling the pain because we young, but I, you know, we, we got years ahead of us to get to the championship and win rings and stuff. They are at the end. Y'all got y'all one last year off of. You want to end the dynasty? You ready? Just yeah, yeah. pass the baton. And I think that's why I'm gonna be honest. I, I meant to say this in a, in a space too. I think, and they was, you know, when they was talking about the rivalries and what's not a rivalry and what is. I'm with you, Nicole. I do think it's a true rivalry because we got history in the last couple of years with them dating before Grizz next gen. Uh, again, we were talking about earlier. It's the way that they got to some of these finals was through Memphis. Um, if you they go broke back Mike Connolly's face, that, didn't they? Broke his face. Tom, Tony Allen was injured. Like it's stuff in between that. Zaza Petulia, he messed up Kawhi's foot that next series. Like y'all got some, y'all got some little weird stuff on y'all on y'all coat, but. Um, I think the reason why they get at us so much, they see a lot of themselves in us having that generational point guard, having that sharp shooting two guard, having that unicorn S type player at the four. Like they see a lot of that in us, I'm sure. Good coaching staff, great culture, and they know that's the end, and, and we don't want to mirror them a lot. And so it hurts, it hurts. And so, you know, they hate when well, we Well, I have a message for smash. the Golden State Warriors the future is now, old man. Father time ah. is catching up. Tell them. And Talk the league them. wanted a young attitude field team to come in and and take over because the Warriors are getting up in age. And as much as it hurts to say that, you see talents like Steph and Clay, and you're like, damn, like they're getting up there and it sucks. 
because we've been mm-hmm. blessed enough to watch them play. As much as I don't like their team, I cannot deny a natural talent when I see it. And mm-hmm. the Warriors have that. But like I said, Father Time. Father Time is a thing and it's happening. It's and the league wanted, you know, a young team to come in and make some noise, kind of like the Warriors did when, you know, Steph and Clay were young and Splash Brothers. And yep. well, now they have it in Memphis and they don't like it. But the Pelicans, you know, they're praising the Pelicans for doing the same thing that we're doing. So it's just a little frustrating for me. And it's like this, this biasness almost. It's like a, a two-way street, but it's only going down one lane. So yeah. I, I got smoke like for that. them too. I got smoke for the Pelicans too because once we knock them out, I'm uh probably consistently just y'all just just we're gonna revert to this in about four years or so, maybe sooner. We'll see. I just but don't who are, who are don't, the two best friends on those teams? Who the Pelicans? Ja and yeah, Ja and Zion, right? Yeah, real yeah. cool. They got history, right? Yeah. Who has the culture that everybody in the league wants though? Memphis. It's Memphis, right? Memphis. Memphis. Okay. Like, Stuff started to get what? rocky. Y'all just be just just watch. Just just oh. just watch. If Zion tries to force his way to Memphis, just remember you heard it here first. That's all I'm gonna say. And I, I don't want that. that. I don't want that. I want the team that Memphis has built from the ground up. Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins. That is what I want. I want the players who have been drafted 21st, like Brandon Clark. 30th like Desmond Bain and shipped off by the Thunder in the Celtics like they were nothing. That is what I want. I want Steven Adams to get a ring because they said, excuse my French, y'all going to have to bleep this out, but this is what they said in New Orleans, that he wasn't worth shit to their team. I want, that's what I want. I want this team and its building blocks to get a ring the right way because they deserve it. These dudes Oh no, no, no. Hard. Like, I don't I'm want Zion coming here at all. I don't. I'm talking about – I'm with you 100%. I'm but talking about after we knocked them out. Say, but I don't want it. Like, I want this team the way that it is because these dudes have really built themselves this foundation, and I always call it the empire because empires are stronger than dynasties. Like, these guys are building an empire, a literal royal family here. And it's beautiful to watch, but I just don't want anything to come in and break that up. That's why no, I'm so I'm, iffy on these trades and shit. I'm 100% with you. I'm talking from a standpoint of we've already got rings. We, we, we've won two or three. Oh, no. He can go get his fans, own somewhere else. And he wants to <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he, he wants to Kevin Durant his way to the team that keeps beating him and his best friend. No. That's the only scenario I was talking about. In and it's more so for me. For me, it's only about hurting Pelicans fans. And I ain't got nothing against them. Again, this ain't a, it's, it's, we talk about strictly sports. We ain't talking about nothing else, but I would love to end the dynasty of the Warriors and then take y'all prize possession and bring them here just to be petty. Because <laughs> again, we got the pettiest basketball player. We're not as well be petty too. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. That, that's all. It was just that's a petty all. moment. That's all, Nicole. That's it. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's standing on it. She's like, they yeah, ain't happening. Sta- no, sir. No, oh, sir. boy. Well, we have ran long, so Luke, I'm going to pass to you for our players of the week so we can get on out of here. Yeah, man, we gave him some love earlier. Nicole was talking, and I think a lot of this has to do with exactly the agenda she was pushing, the Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson agenda, but it's BC, man. 
the dude, the last five games, he's had 10 points, 14, 11, 17, 17, while shooting over 60% from the field in every one of those games. That's what's crazy. He's just shooting shooting the hell out of the ball from the field. And it's – he doesn't look like he's showing any signs of stopping, especially with Jaron back. You know, like they're just mm-hmm. – it, it's, it's so incredible to watch the two of them literally just – fill the space around each other like they just know what the other one's gonna do it's it's freaking incredible to watch it really really is yeah that's that natural chemistry that i'm talking about that i want ja and jaren to have and i don't like i know they cool i know they are friends off the court ja and jaren is but jaren and bc are super duper cool like you see them taking trips together you see them yeah yeah they tight tight so that's the chemistry i could listen to him talk too who BC? I love listening to. Yeah, <laughs> that man a robot, bro. He is a cyborg. Uncle he, he was talking about how he married the floater at the end of the game last night. It was so funny. <laughs> Hi, BC. What you talking about, bro? What are you talking about? Let him talk his so mess. He deserves. It. <laughs> yeah. Before you go to the next one, I just want to touch on. It's a classic example, though, Luke, of what you talking about with BC. It's been like this probably for the last three years. Every single at the beginning of the season with BC. What is BC doing over the offseason? Why is he, why is this broke? Why is this not working? And then a couple games in the season, he's in perfect form. And then we go back to, oh, damn, that's the BC. There he is. You know what I'm saying? So, crazy fans. Next year, when we come back in BC after the summer, he's doing whatever he's doing. Let's just chill because we know probably 20 games in, we're going to get the same BC again. So, he's playing like six man of the year right now. I mean, I I think we get one of our dudes has to get it. They're going to have to consider one of these guys. If it's him, Ty Asante, they're going to have to consider one of them for sixth man of the year. And if BC keeps playing like this, why, why can't we have some Canadian bacon? Why not? Shout out to Cole on that one. I'm on the Maple Leaf Express. I'm pushing my agenda. Go Canada. Oh, and then for the what? Well, I'm not going to say Super Saiyan. You said ex-girlfriend. I'm going to say the ghost of Christmas past, you know, sticking with the Christmas theme. It's okay. going to be Melt. You know, he's not with us anymore, but going off for 33 points, seven steals, and eight threes. Like, yeah. you know, if you're listening, Melt, if you would have done that more often, you might still be here. It's just like. Greedy in and everything. Yeah, man. Get that. Like, if, he, if, if someone ever makes a cartoon in Christmas Carol about the Grizzlies, he's got to be the ghost from the past that we can't stop thinking about. It's got to be him. I love him, Damn. but he's in the past. Past is the past. Yeah. And I had to check the stats on that, too. I had to check the stats because I'm like, oh, yeah, he probably did that because, you know, Harden been out, uh, Maxie's been out. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, they played last night. So, I mean, he did it within, I guess, the floor of the offense. So, shout out to him, man. He fits good in that team. It's good to see him doing well. That team just kind of sucks. He fits. They suck. (laughs) (laughs) It's a puzzle. (laughs) Man. Well, Luke, we appreciate that, man. Um, like I said, we, we we ran over, but again, when we had these longer pods, I love them because you know that that mean we was we was talking something, we were talking about something, and um, I think we had some good topics today. So, um, Nicole, I know you said you got an article that should be coming out pretty soon. Um, anything else that we need to look out for? Uh, nope, my article should be Monday's feature, if not Tuesday's, um, Hell. on Grizzly Bear Blues. I'm pushing my Brandon Clark agenda expeditiously. I'm on the Maple Leaf Express. All okay. aboard. We're going to Canada. Let's do it. 
Let's do it. So after you get done listening to this podcast, head on over um, because trying to read and listening. I mean, if you cold like that, go ahead. But after you get done <laughs> listening to this, then go ahead and tap into Cole's article. Um, Luke has been pushing out some great uh, – him and Nate uh, over at Grizzly have been pushing out some um, really good um, week recaps. So definitely tap into those. We'll start having um, some – post-game recaps as well with a little twist on we'll talk more about that later on but i'm gonna spearhead that um but luke you got any articles coming up outside of the the uh week rec uh, recaps working on something about tj coach jenkins just kind of like his journey what got here it's kind of a evolving piece right now but that's gonna what i'm gonna be working on next okay cool 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 we'll keep y'all posted on all of that um I know I missed the highlight of the week, but um, y'all send it all across. You missed the predictions media. too, man. You missed the predictions. It's my favorite part. You I always do that. Why do I miss the I predictions? I love it. I got them right here on the dock, and I'm tripping. I know. I know. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> Highlight of the week. That play when Ja got the ball. Uh, We're going to get video soon, I promise y'all. We we keep talking about it, but I'm going to get y'all video soon. We're going to incorporate it into the video. But that play, when Ja got the ball and he turned into a ninja and it looked like he was going to cock it back and dunk it, and then he ended up finger rolling it super slow in. It just, yeah, highlighted the week for me, dog. That, please, you're talking about agendas. The agenda that I'm finna start pushing, we may talk more about this next week. Actually, it's going to be a fun topic. But, uh, yeah, I'll hold off on that. That's a tease. Y'all tune in next <laughs> TBD, week for that. TBD. Yeah, two B, yeah TBD. Um, predictions, and let's get out of here, y'all. So, we got three. It's a small week this week as far as games. We got – the struggling Hawks on Monday at home. Um, not sure who they're going to have to even play. So we got to take our time because we saw what happened last week with us when we didn't have nobody to play and we beat the hell out of the Miami Heat. Uh, but we got them on Monday. We got the Bucks on Thursday. So two games of risk at home. And then we got the Thunder, or should I say, um, the little electrocution um, uh, uh, sparks. Let's call them sparks. We got the sparks at their home on Saturday. <laughs> so three games late, two at home, one away. What y'all got? I got us being two and one. I feel like if Ooh. we lose one game, it's going to be against the Bucks. Okay. We might slip up. We may slip up. And if you slip up against Giannis, well, it's just an ugly day because he always takes advantage. Always. So, I mean, we could go three and oh, but if we do slip up, it'll probably be that game. So, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say we go three and zero. To I think I think we might be in the midst of like a. I'm, I think we might be in the middle of a. I think we might be about to go on a ten game run. You know we we got five in a row. We get we're gonna get six. Why not get seven and eight? Why not? When we do our year podcast wrap up next year, I'm gonna put a collage of all of Luke's predictions, and I guarantee they all gonna be. Whatever you know, it's gonna be so funny. I I'm can't playing, wait. To do why that. not? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, we it's go. possible though. It's possible though. Um, I'm I'm kind of. Mm, I'm gonna say two and one. I'm gonna be objective here, only because my whole thing from the beginning of the season is as long as every. If every three games we win two out of one, I mean, if we win, if we go two and one in every three games late, at the end of the year, I mean, you're gonna have way more wins. You have losses, so um, I'm satisfied with a two and one. We go three and zero, oh and we put this friend streak up to at that point. I think we have six right now. 
Are we six or five? I think we're six. That put us at nine. We're at five, so it would be we're five. Okay. I'm with that. Let's let's get it going. That's gonna have that's how we're gonna get those leads on the rest of the teams in the West. So if I had to put my money on, I'm gonna say two and one, but I do think it's a possibility that we raise our game against the books like we always do, fully healthy, and come back three and no. So you know what, Stampin', I'm with you, Lou. Let's go three and no. If it yeah, <laughs> yes, three and oh, baby, three and oh. Ah, let's go, let's go. Yeah, well. We are at an hour and 22 minutes. So if you have made it this long, we appreciate you because you are a true supporter of what we're doing over here. And we can't thank you enough. We had a lot of fun today. I know I did. Uh, and we're going to be back next week to do it all over again. So if you have not, make sure you give every laugh one of us a follow. It'll be in the description of the podcast. Um, interact with us on Twitter. Uh, we love to talk to you. Are we doing? Are we going to give show. something away this week? Man, I'm just missing everything. No, so you. if you I made it to the end of this podcast, keep me on track, bro. Keep me on track. Uh, if you have made it to the end of this podcast, you're in for a treat. Tweet us what the three movies that we said were our favorite Christmas movies, and you will be getting a free Grizz 901 Network t-shirt. It won't say network on it. It's just going to say Grizz 901. So, <laughs> uh, But you'll be getting one sent to you but it's the first person that tweets the no bluffing uh podcast that answer and it has to be correct now and you get bonus points if you tweet a picture of the cover of the movie too so we'll see we'll see we might throw something else in there i don't know we'll see but we appreciate that luke i'm like dang i'm forgetting everything today so now we had an hour and 23 minutes thanks to me boom (laughs) but yeah we appreciate y'all support we appreciate y'all listening in uh, all critiques, all positive feedback, negative feedback, feedback is feedback, and we appreciate that. And uh, can't thank y'all enough. So until next time, go Grizz. Y'all have a safe week.